thing after hearing that story we've had no resistance to brushing because you can't it's like one of those things that you can't unsee I actually have a a poop emoji on a stick (laughs) that I have in the clinic which I put in my big um, teeth Um, so yeah they I show them a a mouth with teeth with a poop emoji in it that's it you can't unsee it Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Protrusive Dental Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Scalati. This is going to be an epic two-part episode with Dr. Libby Almuzian, who is just one of the nicest people in dentistry. She is a fantastic pediatric dentist, and she has some great gems to share with us all. In the first episode, we talk about real-world clinical dilemmas for GDPs, because seeing children is not everyone's forte, let's admit it. Some of us are better than others at seeing children. So I think what Libby, Dr. Libby shares with us will really help everyone, not only those who already love seeing children, because she has some uh, great little tips and tricks that she shares, which allows you to build better rapport with the child and the parents. But also it gives you, um, if, you if you're not you know, fond of children or you don't like seeing children in practice, but you have to see children, how can you make your visit better? How can you make the patient experience for, for the child in front of you better and for their parent? So um, we're going to talk clinical and also very much non-clinical, cooperation, communication. We're going to talk about how to manage the patient, the child patient with multiple carious lesions and how to actually, more importantly for me, I found it difficult not to manage the actual dentistry, but to actually, actually manage the parent. Because a lot of time you take bite wings for the first time and you may find significant amounts of tooth decay, which the parent had no idea about. And to try and break that news to a switched on parent can be quite difficult. Uh, and sometimes you're managing the parent's emotions and not just the child. So we're going to talk about that. Do you have a way in which you communicate caries with your child patient? Do you just say, oh, it's a hole, it's a cavity, you have bugs on your teeth and they they ate your enamel away? I mean, how do you actually communicate caries to a child, right? Well, I think this is the biggest takeaway amongst many takeaways from this two-part episode. And this is Dr. Libby's uh, sugar bug story. So if you struggle or you want a better way to communicate caries to a child and a parent uh, in a playful manner, then I love what Dr. Libby has shared with us about the sugar bug story. So I'm really excited for you to hear it. In terms of protrusive dental pearl, I have to do a shout out to one of my listeners who messaged me. Uh, I believe they live in Edinburgh. I don't know their name, but they kindly messaged me and gave me a tip. Uh, the Instagram handle is Bohem Gravitis. The tip they have which is relevant to managing children, is that they have a small Lego man somewhere in the surgery, somewhere where the parents and the child can find it. And you tell the child and the parent that I want you to try and find this Lego man that's hidden somewhere. And what it allows is it allows for, uh, in their own words, two minutes of peace and quiet while the child uh, and the parents are having this little game around the dental room, around your surgery, where they're looking for this little Lego man. And it actually is, a, it works really well for them. And I think it's a great little pearl. So I think, uh, you know, buy a little toy or a little Lego man, stick it somewhere, slightly hidden, so that, but you can still see it from where you are in the dental surgery and in, in, in the dental chair uh, and play a little game. So it gives you some peace and quiet and gives them something to do so that it's not, they're not all going uh, too loud and rowdy uh, in your dental chair. So thank you so much for sharing that little protrusive dental pearl with the listeners. I really appreciate you reaching out for that. Um, guys, enjoy the episode, the, the two-part episode of myself and Libby. I'll do another intro for, for the second episode. It was, you know, just the amount of value that Dr. Libby was providing. I had to split it into two episodes. It's, uh, so lots of great content in there. I do realize that by the time you're listening to this episode, it will probably be the peak of COVID-19. I hope it peaks and the peak finishes ASAP to be honest with you uh, I just hope wherever you are wherever you're listening to this from you you are safe your family is safe and well and um, you try and stay positive stay distracted away from all the, the you know the terrible things happening in the news and I, and I wish you and your family all the best uh, enjoy the episode I hope you learned something from it Dr. Libby Almuzian, thank you so much for coming on the Protrusive Dental Podcast uh, you are a, a dear friend of mine and my wife's uh, obviously you and uh, Dr. Mo Almuzian, who came on, I don't know which episode it was, must have been episode four or five, uh, the orthodontic one. So mm-hmm. you're going to do, very kindly, the PEDS version, PEDS 101, PEDS 201. We're going to really, uh, the, the aim of this episode, uh, Libby, is to help GDPs become better at managing the child patient. I'm going to give you my crappy introduction, and then I'm going to let you do 
a better one. So to me, you are someone who is a, an amazing pediatric dentist. You share so much on your um, Facebook and Instagram channels, helping GDPs. You're also helping a lot of orthodontists in, in, in terms of managing the orthopediatric cases. Uh, and I feel as though you're super mum. I know you're a super mum. I've met your three lovely daughters. So that's my crappy introduction for you. Please, Libby, can you tell the world listening? Because actually now um, I, I can tell my listeners that 94 countries listen to my podcast as it stands. So um, can wow, you tell fantastic. the world? Can you tell the world a bit about yourself? So it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I'm a pediatric dentist. I recently completed a clinical doctorate in clinical dentistry uh, in pediatric dentistry. And um, I'm just really passionate about uh, pediatric dentistry and everything about it. And I just want to make everyone better at treating children for the greater good. So um, I think it's something that can be done really well. And it just needs, you know, a few hints and tricks and tips for dentists to be able to do a great job. So I'm really excited to share um, what I can today to help everyone, really. And that's uh, the purpose of my pages, really, on um, Instagram and Facebook are just to um, just bring to light all the information that parents are maybe missing and are maybe misled uh, in the media at the moment. And from, you know, a consumer point of view, lots of the advertising is aimed towards parents and it kind of guilts them into buying things that maybe have hidden dangers. So just raising lots of awareness is, um, is our role as dentists, really. Brilliant. As you're speaking, I'm making notes because every time you say something like that and I think of other questions to ask you along the way. Tell us about where you work at the moment, what kind of setting, what are the kind of um, mm. children that you treat at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment I'm working at the Berkeley Clinic in Glasgow and it's a private clinic. Um, the kind of children that I see are uh, ones who are anxious, uh, maybe considered too young um, to be treated, um, and some of them have some medical um, complications. Some of them have some uh, mental complications. So just people with special needs and um, just anybody who maybe hasn't gotten along with their general dentist, not for reasons, um, not because the general dentist isn't good enough, but it's just that their needs sort of are out with that. And that's why people specialize as pediatric dentists, because they're, they're, you know, we've done three years of training. And in those three years, you learn so much and you just realize just how much more you can do for children. So that's, that's my role. Uh, I really enjoy using inhalation sedation, which is one of the tools that maybe isn't available to general dentists. And I found it to be a good um, sort of stepping stone sort of between actually just having treatment on the chair or having to go for a general anesthetic. There's that little bit in between uh, where you can use inhalation sedation. And if it works, fantastic. That child doesn't have to go for it. Uh, general anesthetic which is you know it's not that I'm against general anesthetic it's just that I think that teaching a child who's really anxious to be able to cope with dental treatment is an investment in their future because nobody can avoid dental treatment their whole lives so being able to overcome those fears is actually helping them more than putting them to sleep and just dealing with the um, oral health issues so it it's a more holistic approach really and, and, and also when children are put under you know GA the treatment plan becomes far more aggressive. Uh, yeah, more it, and the reason the reason for that is we don't want to have children going for a second general answer. And this is, you know, we're evidence-based dentists in the UK. And you know, we it's it's shown that when you're not drastic in these approaches, you do end up going for a second general anesthetic. And you don't want to put that child at risk of infection after you've you've you know, he's undergone a general anesthetic and general anesthetic is not without risk. And it's also a very stressful and traumatic event for the child and for the parents. So you do want to try and avoid it uh, if you can. Well, there's two things worth mentioning there. One for perhaps students, because I remember being vivid uh, as a student. And one of the questions was, what are the signs um, with a child that there may be uh, neglect at home going on or um, things that uh, you are um, worried about the child's sort of general well-being. And one of them is actually, if they've been through a second GA, you really should be 
looking at what mm-hmm. kind of care they're getting at home. So I remember that being a, a viable question. And the other thing is mm-hmm. that, um, which I'm, sh- I'm sure all dentists in the UK know, but for those in the world listening, unfortunately, we have a situation in the UK where, and correct me if I'm wrong and my stats are not up to date, but one in three of GA admissions for children is because of a dental reason. Correct. Yeah. So it it is quite a high figure. I mean, considering all the GAs that are happening for kids, yes, most of the a third of them are um, for dental issues. And while you can't, you you have to take that with a pinch of salt because some children are going in because they have buried teeth. You know, they've got impacted teeth that need um, to be taken out. They've got other issues um, like. Uh, it is a kinder option when you've got a child who's nine or 10 years old and needs all four of his adult molars out. Yes, it's kinder to send them in for a GA because that's that's quite a lot to cope with at the age of uh, you know nine or 10. Um, so that's maybe in the case of MIH or something like that. So it's not to say that these, you know, that it's unreasonable that we're sending all these children for GA. Uh, previously, these children may have had to have everything done on chair and it might have ended up you know being more traumatizing to them but at the same time when we're talking about decayed teeth in very young children that's the that's the GAs that we're trying to avoid. Absolutely well let's just dive right in because my my podcast is is very clinically focused and I want the the the, you know the people on the front line the GDPs to really gain value and that's what we're going to talk about so let's start with manning managing a child with multiple caries lesions and how do you manage the child and how do you manage the patient manage the parent even so i know it's quite a broad question mm-hmm. and, it re- and there's so many factors involved so for yeah. example i imagine the patient's age has a significant bearing uh, what their diet's like what the education level's like but where at what, what point do you think okay this level of caries is should be dealt in primary care and this is the way it should be dealt or what level is that, okay you to mm-hmm. now refer and uh, just any sort of gems that you can do. And it's like, I know it's too broad of a question. I can narrow it down if you want me to. But just managing the biggest problem that we see is yeah. caries in children. And I'm going to come on to later whether when we're managing caries um, in general practice, should we use LA? Should we not use LA? That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but if you just start with the general overview of management of caries. So overall, when you get a child in, if they're cooperative, and the parent is on board because you have to remember when when you're dealing with children, it's not the same as dealing with an adult when they come in to be treated. You have to take into account the dynamic. So there's a new dynamic that's between you, the parent and the child. So the parent has to be on board with your plan and the child has to be cooperative for the plan. And you have to win both of them over. Um, the biggest thing you need to think of is just empathy. So firstly, when, when you get a patient in, you need to emphasize, empathize with the parents and, you know, make them understand that, you know, everybody can find themselves in this situation where their child has caries in their teeth and that your job as a dentist is to actually help them identify the reasons why we've gotten to where we are and how to move forward. Okay, so no guilt and no blame. Can I add something to that, Libby? Because I, I think that's a great yeah. starting point. So what I say to um, adult patients and to the parents of my child patients is I always say, look, in this practice where we have a policy of no shame, no blame, we just want to help fix this and prevent it. And we, we said that from the start. And I just find that everyone just <gasps> breathes relaxed. a sigh of relief. Yeah. And everyone's so much more relaxed. Because if you don't say that one line or, or, or put it across mm-hmm. in the message that you've just said, then all the while, that's what the parents are thinking, that oh, I'm a terrible mother, I'm a terrible father, um, and they're not really absorbing the information you're giving. So that's a great starting exactly. point. Empathize and, and then let them off the hook because, you know, what's happening, yeah. let, let, if they've got the right attitude, it may not happen again. Exactly. And it's just that um, they st- they become less defensive and more open to your suggestion. And that's what you want. So that's for the benefit of the child and the parent. And once you get the parent on board, so if your parent is not on board, the parent of the child, you will never succeed in treating that child because no matter what, the child will feel that that parent doesn't trust the dentist and they will not trust you either. So it's really important to gain the trust of the family. That's the first thing you need to do so you can motivate them. Um, what I think some uh, GDPs fall into the trap of is treating the tooth which is worst first which I don't think is usually the way to go because what you're going to do is you're, if you've got you know, a, a, pain, a, a carious tooth, it has the biggest hole, it needs the most amount of treatment. 
that's going to be quite taxing on the child and you haven't had a chance to build a relationship with them and you haven't had the chance to actually gain their trust. And it's a lot about trust because you're going into a really personal space of a child, their mouth. Not many people are allowed to touch that area of their face. So usually it's only their parent or primary carer who will be touching that area. Um, and so for them to allow you to do things that have different smells, different tastes, uh, sounds is really difficult for them. So what you need to do is to build the trust. I would say when you assess a patient, let them play. So by let them play, I give them the uh, high volume, low volume suction. I let them suck out some water from a cup to show them that they're allowed to touch these things when I say. So you're still being quite um, strict with them so that you're setting boundaries that, you know, and you can say, right, that's enough. We're not going to play anymore. We've finished for today. Next time, once we've done X, Y, Z, then we will have another play. And that gives them a bit of a reward system, but also familiarizes them with all the tools that you're going to use. So if you grab the suction and put it straight in their mouth, and that's what you would need to do if you're doing, you know, if you're using the high speed, uh, you know, you need to get in there with the suction. And so for them to allow you to do that, if you've let them already hold the suction and put it in their mouth themselves, that's like you've cut down the time that you have to explain to them and convince them to let you do that. And they won't jump up in shock. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Hey, awesome. I want to I want to highlight that as as a, as a tip. So so put the mm. suction, let yeah. them put the suction in in the cup full of water, right? Yeah, and you just introduce it. You say, oh, he's so thirsty. He likes to drink. Oh, let's give it a drink. And then later you say, oh, look how funny it feels on your hand. Oh, let's hoover your nose. Oh, she, why don't you stick out your tongue? It'll tickle your tongue. And you get them to put the suction into their mouth. That's it. You've crossed that barrier. They're not scared of it anymore. That is so fantastic. That is really, really good. Because what I do at the moment, and I, and I sometimes do this, so I give them the mirror. I let them put the mirror in the mouth. I make a little exactly. balloon using the glove. But that suction one, I've never come across. And I think that mm -hmm. suction, the sound it makes can be quite scary. And some of these suctions can be really strong. So I'm definitely going to yeah. implement that Monday morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you've, you're going to have a little play and you've set the boundaries. I like how you set boundaries. Well, OK, yeah. playtime is over. Brilliant. Yeah. So it's it's all about, you know, you, you have to be kind of strict with them. Otherwise, you know, they tend to overset. Kids are like, they push down. That's what that's what they like to do. Um, so it's just making sure that you're, you know, firm that, yes, OK, we're going to play now, but we're only going to do it two more times. So if they say, can we do it again? We say, OK, we're going to do it just one more time. But you've you've got to make sure that you follow through. So even if they get a little bit upset when you say that's it, it's over, you distract them then with something else. Okay, but you make sure you don't go back on your word because that'll be key to being able to do some treatment for that child. Um, so I always start with prevention. I'm gonna when I look at a full mouth of caries, if that child has their sixes through, but their baby molar, you know, deciduous molars are carious, the first thing I'm going to address, I'm going to seal those adult molars. Okay. The reason why is first they are most important. I need them to stick around for the longest. And second, it's a good um, it's, it's an easy procedure, easy enough procedure that will help them build trust. And, you know, I introduce it as, oh, it's just like getting your nails painted. Have you seen everybody gets gel nails and you put the special light on? This is exactly the same. And you can another gem that is so good. That is, yeah. the, I'm, you're gonna, I'm, I'm sure, gonna make a whole list of analogies after this episode. So that's another <laughs> one, the gel note. I love that. So, my, uh, it's actually really funny when I started working in this practice. Um, the nurse had to, my nurse Chloe is fantastic, and that's another thing. Having the same nurse, it, I know that it's supposed to be rotated and everything, but actually, in pediatric dentistry, there's a huge benefit from having a familiar face. For that patient to come in and see the same nurse each time and see the same dentist, there is a bit of value to that. So if you can do that, that's ideal. 
Um, so anyway, my nurse uh, Chloe had to learn all the language that I use. It's it's a different language, so I won't call things by their names. I won't say pass me the high speed. I won't say pass me, uh, you know, uh, a long tapered Fisher bird. I'll say, oh, pass me the ice cream cone one. Um, just like I don't want can to you do, the, can, you do us a, can you do us a favor? And like at the end, if you've got like um, a, maybe a list of 15 things like uh, to, to translate to help the GDP. So, for example, yeah. I, I call the fast hand piece the buzzy bee, but you might call it something else. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I call the suction the Henry Hoover. But I think they could probably do best than that because some kids might not know what Henry Hoover is. So um, if you can give yeah. us uh, like 10 to 15 things, we'd really love that. Oh, that'd be great. I don't mind doing that. You Thank can, you so you much. can all join me in the craziness. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back back to what we would do first. We do the prevention first. And um, I have actually downloaded an app um, which, helped, which um, allows you to make a social story. And social stories are used for children with autism. But I've found that using them with any child helps so much. So what it is, is I have taken photos of my own daughter uh, coming into the dental clinic, sitting in the reception, lying on a dental chair with the suction in her mouth, sunglasses on, the light on. Um, the next picture is me examining her teeth, then cleaning her teeth with a slow speed handpiece and brush, and then the steps for having a Fisher seal. So showing the blue shampoo which is the etchant. So we're going to put blue magic tooth fairy blue shampoo on your teeth and it makes it really nice and clean, but then we have to wash it away. It doesn't taste nice. So we're going to hoover it away so you can't taste it and explaining to them why you need to put cotton wool rolls so it'll keep it dry. You explain to them why you need to use the hoover so you can hoover it away and you don't have to taste it. You explain to them you need to dry it because you can't paint your nails when they're wet. It's the same thing with teeth. You can't paint your teeth when they're wet. So we need to dry it with the air. And I use the um, three-in-one. And I always, when I introduce the three-in-one, I spray their hair first. I say, oh, I'm just going to dry your hair. Didn't you come in to get your hair done? That gets a giggle. So you're just all the time trying to do it playful. Oh, no, I'll, I'll dry your ears so you can hear me. Wait a second, I'll just dry your snotty nose. That, that one just like, <laughs> even if they haven't laughed at the first two, they're like, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> and then finally you get it into the mouth. So it's just building up that, you know, and I'll tickle you on your neck with it. So just getting them to feel like these things are non-threatening. And also when you give a child a reason for you doing something, instead of saying, I'm just, I'm going to dry your tooth or I'm going to use the suction. If you say, I'm using the Hoover so that you don't have to taste it because it doesn't taste very nice. So I don't, you know, I want you to be comfortable. You're making them feel as if you care. And that that is the bottom line. When they feel you care about them and you're doing things to help them, they will trust you and the treatment can go so much um, smoother. So using this social story is such a game changer for me. So if I have a patient who next time I'm going to do Fisher sealants for, and I send them this story of, of what it looks like, what the things look like, and what the steps are, and they go home and read that with their parents once or twice, and they read it the night before. They and come they read in, it on their pa parents' phone? They read it on their parents' phone? I email it to them. It's in a PDF format. You can read wow. it on your phone. You print it out. It's fantastic. So you, you can make your own story, and you can actually go back and uh, personalize it so you can say you know and you could you could even do it if you wanted to with the actual child and say right let's take a picture of you on the chair and we'll put that in the story okay and and it, it what it does is it makes them familiar so kids are always scared of things that are new they're they're once something is familiar it becomes much easier so just knowing uh, familiarizing them with the steps that are needed to do something just makes it so much smoother when they come in and even at the beginning of the appointment, I will summarize. I will say, do you remember what we're going to do? It's really easy. We're going to do, um, we're going to put in the tooth pillows. Okay, not cotton wool rolls. We're going to put tooth pillows so your tooth can have a rest <laughs> and keep it dry. We're going to wash your tooth with the blue shampoo. And then we're going to wash it and dry it and with the hoover. And then we're going to paint it to make it super strong. And we're going to put the Bluetooth fairy light on it. And then that's it. We'll be finished. Now, some children like a challenge. So what I'll do is I'll say, usually it takes me 80 seconds to do each. Do you think we could do it faster? Let's see how fast we can do it. And you get them to count in their head. And when you finished one tooth, you say, how long was that? And they'll say, oh, that was 76. Oh, I think we can do better. Let's do the next one. Let's see how long that one takes. So all the time they're distracted by the counting. 
they're excited because they want you to be to win and um another challenge i say is oh this is a competition how many things can i fit into your mouth at once let's count and while i'm doing the procedure i'll be doing the steps at the same time going oh my goodness i've put a cotton wool i've put a tooth pillow in i've got my fingers in i've got the hoover in how many things is that let's count them so all the time you're distracting you're being playful you're being fun with them and they start to trust you so building trust is really essential now if a child was really really anxious actually i wouldn't even start with fisher sealants i would just put fluoride on i would just do an appointment where I put fluoride on and I let them have a play with the chair and then I said well done you were amazing how cool is it coming here come back next time we're going to make your tooth super strong and but at that appointment you can then I'm, I'm assuming your protocol now with those nervous patients where you mm -hmm. only place fluoride is you start that whole social story as well you might take a photo of exactly. them I mean that is amazing yeah. I think anyone who's serious so, in, in in the world about using um their, their own practice branding, their own their own yeah. selves, so the child is not nervous. Uh, so can you please yeah. tell us? I'll, I'll put the link on for this app. But uh, is it on like iPhone or uh, see, iOS on, and Android? I know it's or? on iPhone. It's on iPhone. To be able to use, um, to be able to make your own social story on it, it's like fourteen pounds ninety nine. It's a one off payment. I paid it a few years ago, and it, I just That's find it totally invaluable. worth it. I mean, that is. Um, I mean, okay, fair enough. Look for NHS practice. Look, I totally um, sympathize or empathize my fears, uh, my, my, my peers, whereby they might find it difficult to make stories. But the odd opportunity you get, that's great. But in private practice, for those seeing children, this is a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the amount of the wow factor in the parents, because mm -hmm. they're going to be at home reinforcing and then they're seeing your image and exactly. you're, you're treating other they're children. Helping you. This it's, is magical. Reinforcing, reinforcing the message that you're working together. And do you know what's even simpler than all of, like the, the simplest thing, even if you can't do a social story, even, you know, you have restrictions, whatever. Um, the first thing I do at a new patient assessment is to get the child into the chair. I take a Polaroid picture of them sitting in the chair. Wow. So I have a Polaroid camera. I'll take a picture of them sitting in the chair. Now they think, okay, it's just fun. Actually, that's, that is them seeing themselves sitting in the chair, smiling, and they're going to take that picture home. And they're going to look at it and they're going to be proud of it. They're going to show other people and they're going to feel like it is so normal for them to sit in that chair and smile. That is so, so it's powerful. just reinforcing that behavior of it's you, you can sit in that dental chair. And I've had many anxious patients who, you know, and at the beginning, when they first come in for the appointment, I don't force them into the chair straight away. I get stuck in with my first question, which is the most important question uh, ever. What's mm -hmm. your favorite Disney movie? <laughs> right? That's the most important question for sure. I love it. <laughs> Who doesn't have a favorite Disney movie? What's one? your favorite Disney movie? At the moment, it's Frozen 2. I'm not going to lie. Frozen 2. I knew, I knew that. I knew that. Uh, yeah. Toy Story is Disney, right? Toy Story? Yeah. Well, DreamWorks, Pixar, all of these movies. So I say to them, what's your, what's your favorite movie? And that just breaks the ice. Okay. Uh -huh. So I, I, I'll talk about that a bit more in my tips for communication. I think we've sort of veered off course of um, what you're doing. I'm going to have to make this into reason. probably a two-part episode. The first bit, let's let's make the first bit about um, managing the child and communication, gem. So let's let's go with that. Yeah. And then the second part, I'll show you my clinical mm -hmm. photo. And let's talk about the nitty-gritty about the, yeah. um, the local anesthetic or not, four yeah. crowns, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So so if, yeah. you, if you tell me, I mean, is this a good point to talk about sugar bugs or is that something common to later or is that something you want to talk about? So that, that's, something, that's something I do in my assessment appointment. So I'll talk to them and um, I'll say, do you brush your teeth? So everybody asks that. Do you brush your teeth? Yes, I brush my teeth. Okay, how many times? Oh, maybe once. Um, yeah, I try for two, you know, and you ask the parents, um, do you help them with brushing? Because, you know, we're trying to push supervised brushing. I think parents feel under pressure to give their child independence. So it's like, yes, they can put their coat on by themselves. Yes, they can dress themselves. Yes, they can feed themselves. Yes, they can brush their teeth by themselves. But actually, they don't. you have to make the parents understand that it they're being misled because their child doesn't have the manual dexterity to do it. So I say, well, can you tie shoelaces? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can tie shoelaces. Okay. But even I say to them, I'm a dentist and I brush my own daughter's teeth so I can see them really well. And I still miss places. I say to them, um, and this is my other tip for prevention and mm -hmm. motivation, uh, disclosing tabs. 
my God, I love this closing tablet. And I think they're so underutilized, okay? And they're so cheap and they're just so easy to use. And it's something that you give the parent and you give the child and it's so visual. They can see exactly what they need to brush. And I say to them, and this is another part of the empathy side of it. I say to them, I'm a parent, I'm a dentist, I'm brushing my daughter's teeth. I give her a disclosing tablet to check that I have brushed her teeth properly. So that's, you have to always make sure that you're not being judgy. Can't mm-hmm. be a judgy dentist. Nobody likes a judgy And children, course, and especially course. a parent about their child. I mean, you're a parent now, uh, Jazz, and I think you can, you can feel, you'll know that if anybody was to say anything about something you were doing for Ishan, I think you'd be very defensive, even if you don't mean to be. You can't Absolutely. help it. Absolutely. Every, every emotion is intensified a hundredfold. Exactly. Yeah. And not all of it makes sense, but there you go. That's parenthood. So, so I want to share like a little bit of personal yeah. thing. I mean, the other day we, we were doing the whole water babies thing, right? And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm 30 now. And uh, yeah, I've achieved some cool things in the past and I've really enjoyed it. But the time that he was dipped underwater and he swam about one meter and he came back up, the proudest moment of my that. life. <laughs> Everything else oh. was uh, irrelevant. That was the proudest moment of my life. So uh, definitely amazing. parenthood's been amazing, which is why I, I, another reason why um, I'm, when I'm seeing child patients now, I'm always thinking, okay, this is someone's child. Um, and what you said, communication is so, so important with these parents. You have to, like, right at the, right the beginning that you said, they should not feel any shame or blame. Uh, and everything you say has to have the right sort of um, uh, touch to it. Mm-hmm, exactly. So um, so when I'm talking to them, I say, okay, when you brush your teeth, um, you're brushing twice a day. Okay, do you know why you need to brush? And they say, well, clean your teeth. I'm like, yeah, but why, why? And this is when I introduce my sugar bug story. Well, the sugar bug story. And I say to them, you know, you've got these sugar bugs. They live in your mouth. And, the, you know, if they're a bit older, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say bacteria. Okay, I'll say bacteria, you know, sugar bugs, just so that, to make it feel a bit less um, intimidating, but also to acknowledge that if they're older, you know that you know it's bacteria. Um, and I say to them, you know, when when you eat your food, so I say, you know, these sugar bugs are living things like you. And when you eat your food, where does it go? And they kind of look at me in my tummy. Okay. And then where does it come out? And you know, all children love potty humor. They like to hear about snots and poos and all of these things. And, you know, I think from a young age, they think it's hilarious, even through to sort of teenage years. They're a bit cringy, Do you ever get but, parents know. like raising their eyebrow and like thinking, well, you know, why is my dentist talking about poo? Why like, we... Yeah. Do you know, I don't look at the parents at this point, but by the end, I've had <laughs> so much feedback. I've had so much feedback from parents saying after hearing that story, we've had no resistance to brushing because you can't. It's like one of those things that you can't unsee so I say to them the sugar bugs they do poos as well and it's all over your teeth and so every time you eat they stick to your teeth the more sugar you eat the harder they stick and the bigger they get and the bigger poos they do so we need to make sure (laughs) that we are brushing twice a day to get them off your teeth because those poos can make holes in your teeth they make your teeth soft and they make holes in your teeth so it's getting them to understand and it's sort of, you know, we're not fobbing them off just saying, brush your teeth, you know. You have to give a reason. In this day and age, everybody wants to know why they're doing things. And when you give them such a plain explanation, and like I said, they can't unsee it. I actually have a, a poop emoji on a stick <laughs> that I have in the clinic, which I put in my big um, teeth. Um, so, yeah, they, they, I show them a, a mouth with teeth with a poop emoji in it. That's yeah. it. You can't unsee it. That's so two reasons I, why that's so powerful. One is because it's the visual. You have the pumoji in the yeah. mouth, but you've attached, it's not, or you said explanation, but it's, 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 a, it's an amazing story. When you add a story to something, it becomes memorable. Yeah. And um, I think that's why you probably had so much success w- with this with children. And I think um, since you told me about it a few months ago, I've used it on a few children now. Uh, I, yeah. I'm still refining how I say, it. I don't think I'll do it quite as well yeah. as you do, but this is what it's all about. You have to practice. Um, and, and it's a good point mentioning, I suppose, that. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly good with children uh, and I get that from parents. Oh, you're really good with children. They always, yeah. always, always want to come and see me, but I, I get it where mm-hmm. they've seen someone else and, uh, or the child and the parent has seen someone else. And it's usually a man who doesn't, isn't able to relate to the child at their level. Isn't, it's just not part of their personality. 
just like yeah. talk in a high-pitched tone and become a child. Um, and, and I want you to at some point just give some tips about if, if people are finding difficult to relate to children, but they're still seeing mm-hmm. children, what can mm-hmm. they do? And, I mean, I, my, my okay. best advice would be practice in the mirror. Practice with the, if you don't have children, practice with other children because you need yeah. to be able to relate to children in a playful manner like you've advocated. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the more excited you sound, the more excited they get. The more, so if you're just like, yes, yeah, sit in the chair, we're going to do this. And they're like, this is boring. They'll start to look for excuses to get up. They don't want to do what you're saying. But if you're really like, come on, let's go. Yeah, this is so fun. You're amazing. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. I love your shoes. How fantastic. It's just picking up little things and the tone of your voice is excited. They get excited. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so, you know, I'm so happy to be here. Look how happy she is. I must be happy too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, 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 it's infectious. So that it's contagious, the, yeah. The, it, yeah, so that's what we want. So going back to my sugar bug story, this is when <laughs> I bring in, <laughs> this is when I bring in the disclosing tablets, okay? So I'll say my sugar bug story. I'll say, you know, this is why we need to brush uh, to get all the poops off your teeth and the sugar bugs, which are sticking there really hard. And of course, we don't want to feed them too much sugar because they just get bigger and hold on tighter to your teeth. They're stronger. Um, and I say, and the, the thing about these sugar bugs and their poos is that they're camouflaged and they are the same color as your teeth. So you can't see them. And that's why I give them the disclosing tablets to say, this is really fun. The first time you do it, you're going to chew it before you've brushed and you're going to see all the places that you need to brush. And then after that, I turn to the parents and I say, after that, you're going to do it once or twice a week to check that the brushing is being done thoroughly. And the, the thing with the, uh, the disclosing tablets that I use is that they're two-tone so they will show up a pinkish color for a fresh plaque within sort of within 12 hours and then the bits that are being missed more frequent more regularly sort of all the time they are they show up in a bluish purple so I tell the parents that and I say you know and and it's and again just making your making them feel that it's non-threatening saying that I use them you know I use them it's not it's not something that I'm giving you because you are not a good parent. You are not. It's, it's not a punishment. Well. It's not a punishment. It's, it's a routine. Not, thing. It's a fun activity. It's a really good for kids. And I say to them, even I say it's good to motivate your kids to brush because then they can see it visually. What, why they need to brush. They can actually see it when they can't see it. It doesn't mean anything to them when they see it in bright pink and they know that that's what they need to brush away. It just makes it more more rewarding that they've brushed it away and also I find it's a really good tool for teenagers because they they kind of think oh you know my teeth look fine but then when you when they can see it in bright pink that's a different issue I mean with my own kids now who brush their own teeth the older two um I sometimes will say you know I'll hear them going to the bathroom to brush their teeth and they'll go in for about 30 seconds you know when they're trying to just, you know, say that they've brushed their teeth and they'll come out and I'll say, I'll shout, did you brush your teeth? Yeah, yeah, brush my teeth. And I'll say, okay, then go to this closing tablet. I want to see exactly how well you brushed your teeth. So um, I think it's a very good uh, parenting tool. That's what Brilliant. I would say. Well, my yeah. other thing is uh, using, we give, we give away these little timers, like, you know, the sand ones. Yeah. And children really respond well to that. What do you think about they that? They like those. I think I think everything with children is about um, it's about finding something new to motivate them. So at the moment, so you will from my own experience, we will have that timer. We'll use it for a week. We'll use it for a second week. By the third week, it's forgotten. By the fourth week, it's it's sort of not exciting anymore. You need to always mix things up, which is why I say, you know, getting a new toothbrush. So my daughter has an electric toothbrush, but. in, occasionally if she sees a toothbrush she likes in the supermarket which is manual and she's like, oh mommy look at this it's frozen look at this it's minions look at this you know oh I'm into dinosaurs at the moment this is a dinosaur toothbrush I'll buy it for her because it's a couple of pounds but actually it'll motivate her for the next two or three weeks she'll be excited to use that toothbrush um, at the moment there's other tools like so the, again the disclosing tablets do act as a motivator so that's why you use them sort of every now and then to motivate uh, there's things like uh, I always recommend Brush DJ, which is an app and it's free. And, you know, it won the best innovation award in dentistry because it's that's it's been around just, for about uh, eight or nine it, years. I mean, the guy was on Twitter. I used yeah. to I forget I forget the guy who who made the app, but I used to speak mm-hmm. with him on Twitter about nine years ago. So uh, and that's been yeah used by thousands of uh, happy people. 
yeah so that just plays music for them while they're brushing and it's free and it gives tips as well and also for teenagers it's good because it'll pop up reminders on their phone saying time to brush your teeth and then that takes out <laughs> you know the the element of the parent having to nag and we all know and I say to parents we all know that the kids listen to their phone more than they listen to us so Lovely. if their phone tells them to brush their teeth they're going to go and do it you know more rather than going, hey have you brushed have you brushed um, yeah, so that's another motivator. What what I've just found this week, which I was really excited about, I think you, probably, you might have seen my posts on Facebook about it, but there's a new toothpaste which changes color over the course of two minutes. So you start brushing, it's clear, it's got some little specks inside it. And then if you keep brushing over the period of two minutes, it changes to blue. So by the time they spit that, Genius. it's bright blue. And it's genius because you have to keep going. And that's what we want. We want them to be brushing for two minutes because by two minutes, you know, there's no, well, there, more or less you've, you've, you've made sure you've brushed well within two minutes. Do you, know, do you have a name the of this toothpaste the toothpaste so that a dentist can it's stop a Colgate. It's just oh, wow. the Colgate uh, toothpaste and it's, uh, it's aimed at, I think, six to nine years. I might actually have a tube just here because I am going yeah, to. Yeah, amazing. Through. That's really clever. I love that. Yeah, here it is. So it's aimed at six to nine years old. It's called Magic Toothpaste. Magic okay. Toothpaste, fantastic um, name. Fantastic name. It isn't advertised very well. I didn't. I think it, you'd have to look really carefully at the packaging to realise what it does. And I have missed a trick here because that is just yet. phenomenal. That is just really, really good to get the I kids think to it's brush the next a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. So I I got I got really excited when I saw this and I bought a whole box of it. So I just went and took the whole box off the shelf and I've been giving it to anyone who will listen. You know, here you go, have some magic toothpaste. Um, my kids loved it. I used it. It's fun, you know. Yeah. And that's that's it. So it's all about changing it up. It's like okay, for for a while, me and my daughter were into you know when Frozen first came out, we'd we'd have a specific song that we brush along to, and it's just all about constantly keeping them motivated, which is exhausting. But that's what parenthood is about. I think you've realised <clears throat> repetition Big jazz. <laughs> Big yeah. time. So just to summarize the last bit, you said that start off with a non-blaming culture. Be really playful with all the ways with the suction that you said. Social stories just sounds phenomenal. Count, yeah. Get the child to count in the head 80 seconds, see if they can beat the time using something like a Polaroid uh, picture. Nowadays, you can get something called like a HD sprocket, which I got for my wife once. And like um, it's like an on-the-go Bluetooth printer. So that, you know, that's something mm-hmm. like that could be used as long as you can make a photo, print a photo and give it to a child. That's yeah. a, a genius. Obviously, using disclosing tablets, which are massively underutilized. Your sugar bug mm-hmm. story has been phenomenal, and I think uh, it will, you know, relating poo to, to the teeth is just uh, <laughs> as a story is just going to stick. Using the app Brush DJ and the magic toothpaste. Is there anything else yeah. to, to to wrap up communication, Libby? Because I mean, we could go on for days, but just to make it very we could, we could go on for for days. I've made a couple of notes. So for you said for like a dentist who's not really good at you know, uh, relating to kids. So when I first started pediatric dentistry, my kids were quite young. And so I didn't feel I was able to communicate with maybe the teenagers. And what I found is I just needed to find one topic that they like and learn a lot about it. So for example, when Fortnite became craze, I sat down somebody who likes Fortnite and said, tell me about Fortnite. And I just learned the key phrases that I would need to say to look as if I was into Fortnite. So Brilliant. I would say, um, do you play Fortnite? Also, yeah, play Fortnite. Oh, I've only won one battle royale. So I have no idea what battle royale is, but I've learned that <laughs> phrase. I have, I have won one battle royale. How many have you won? And they'll go, oh, and I'll say, oh no, I just um, my tactic is uh, when they throw you, I just hide where they where they land me and stay there until it's over, and that's how I won that one. But I'm not good at playing it, and I'm still on the first skin which is like a purple bear or something. So it's, it's just, <laughs> I have no the idea. The parents must be mortified. That. The parents must be absolutely mortified. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, but do you know, it's, it's just that icebreaker. It's that child feeling as if you know something that they know. It's like you've linked them. So even something as simple as putting a sticker on your uh, tunic that day. So on your scrubs, put a superhero sticker on your scrubs. All children know the Avengers. All children know Peppa Pig, even if they don't like that character, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse, you know, they, they all know these, it's something familiar. 
And once they start to connect you to something familiar, that immediately brings down the anxiety in that child. So just, and you should have a favorite movie. So like your homework as a dentist is to have one really, one movie that you know so much about that you could sit there and talk to the child for 10 minutes about, you know, oh, I love this film. Toy Story, definitely Toy Story for me. Yeah. So even if they don't like that movie, it's just about you having a favorite movie that is something child friendly that you can talk about and that they can kind of say, oh, no, I really don't like it. Actually, why not? Oh, this is my favorite character. Don't you like it when this happens? And it's just about it's distracting them. It's making them feel comfortable because you're it's something familiar that they know about. Um, so that that's my tip for dentists. So just try it. Try and find something that even if it's the same thing and your nurse will get sick of you talking about the same thing each time but it is just about making them feel comfortable and um, giving if you're in private practice and you have the opportunity or the funds to be able to give them something other than a sticker there's actually studies that have shown that you know cooperation and everything improves when you give them a small prize it doesn't even have to be something amazing even like a bottle of bubbles or like a small bouncy ball or you know a pencil just something that is not a sticker because stickers these days children aren't too fussed with them to be honest. brilliant um they okay, like good it to know. i mean i have i have a sticker which is personalized and it says you know i've been to see dr libby today at the berkeley clinic so for me that's you know reinforcing that you know that they came to see me and it you know it, it, i think it just helps them it's a bit more personal than, than just a generic sticker um uh, but at the same time, I give them a prize. So I have a box, a treasure chest. And what I do is when I'm out, if I see something, you know, on sale, uh, pencils, whatever, uh, even those sticker cards, which are like a pound a pack, you know, football cards and frozen stickers and whatever you can pick up in the supermarket. And just having those on hand, it, it gives them that reward at the end of the appointment and it makes them feel good. And it, it does help them to come back because it's oh at the end i get this treasure you know to pick from that's the last thing that stays i imagine mind. you actually have you imagine you actually have a like a brown treasure chest do you it is it is yeah yeah <laughs> i expected no less from you libby let's have uh, dr libby's list uh, ultimate list for prevention shoot okay so tips for prevention first thing fluoride application always ask if they're having fluoride you know i, I think in england they don't do it but in scotland they do it in schools but apply fluoride. You have nothing to lose. If the parent is fine with having the fluoride on their child, every time you see them, every six months, put some fluoride on. When you put the fluoride on, make sure that you use a flosser to get it in between the contact. Okay? Because mm-hmm. where does all where do all the lesions start interproximally? We should be telling parents to floss their children's teeth. I don't know why it's not a normal thing, because that is where all the caries start. So we need to be telling them to floss. That's the second one. Promote flossing, especially when you've got the six erupted, that contact point with the E, that's really important. Okay. Uh, Fisher seal. So now the guidelines have changed. You seal every six. It doesn't matter if the child is high caries risk or low caries risk. You seal those sixes and you check those seals every time they come into you. Okay. Can Um, I I just stop you on that one? So Fisher seal in the sixes. Isn't there some evidence to suggest that uh, fluoride varnish is just as uh, efficient or efficacious, is that the word, uh, mm-hmm. of, um, uh, as doing a fish sealant? So fluoride varnish, fish sealant, there's no difference? Am I, am I right? Yeah. But now there's newer evidence to say that fisher sealant is actually superior. And that's why the we have Scottish uh, guidelines, so the SD set guidelines. And those guidelines changed in 2018 to reflect that uh, new evidence. And to say that we actually be need, we need to be sealing six. We're going to seal all the sixes. And sometimes in a high-risk um, child, so if I have a child who's had caries and they have uh, deep pits on their um, Ds and Es, remaining ones that aren't carious, I'll seal those as well. Because mm-hmm. what have, sealing is just so quick and easy. And it just, it, it means that that tooth is easier to clean. And it just gives that, gives the child a better chance. Okay, so Fisher sealants. And also something really interesting. So when I went into 
school and I gave a talk to one of my daughter's classes, um, one of the mums sort of sent me a, a message later on with a picture of her daughter's tooth. It was a six and it had a pit on the palatal side. And she only discovered that pit because I had given her a disclosing tablet and she had chewed it. And the mum was looking at her teeth and said, why is there a pink dot on you know that side of her tooth? And it was a palatal pit. So we need to be checking these sixes for palatal pits um, yep. because if you seal them, then you've saved that tooth from developing caries because even in the best oral hygiene, if you've got palatal pit, there's a high chance it will become caries just because it's a plaque trap. So looking at, so it might, it, ideally, if you can disclose a child's teeth and have a look at them yourself, that, that's pretty cool. And it's, it's quite, you can use it as the motivation and, you know, teaching experience for the child and parents. Um, and yeah, so I would actually recommend anybody who has any interest in, in treating children reads the SDSEP guidelines for caries management in children, because it gives a very comprehensive um, overview of what to do. And it really guides you so well. And it's got visual aids, you know, pictures and things. It, it tells you how to speak to parents, how to motivate families. It's just a really great guide and it's easy to read. And I mean, I, th I think it's an invaluable tool. Absolutely. And I'm going to put all these uh, files like the SDDEP and also the, mm -hmm. the Social Stories app, a link to the Social Stories app uh, on uh, on my website and also uh, on the Protrusive Dental Community uh, Facebook group. So that's uh, amazing. Do you have any more of those prevention gems? Um, I think that's it really for prevention. So let's wrap up. Uh, uh, this is that's, That was part one. Let's let's say that was part one because there was so, many, mm -hmm. so much uh, to, to learn. I'm, I'm glad it went that direction with the communication gems i think that everyone will gain so much from that thank you so much for listening all the way to the end that's all we have time for for this episode the second episode will be out very soon uh, if you found this useful or if you know someone who sees children and they may not enjoy it so much or they they um, there are some aspects clinical or communication aspects which they, which they struggle with please do share this podcast episode with them as well as the next one and i'll catch you then stay safe stay well